Hello, I'm Rebecca Rosewood, and this is Thrice Cursed. To start this episode, I would just like to thank everyone for the kindness and patience you've offered during my absence. My mental health took bit of a dive back in November, and I just wasn't able to deliver quality content. Due to the nature of the topics that I cover, I felt it best to hold off rather than to provide subpar research or writing, as well as send myself deeper into my depression spiral. So I truly apologize for the wait and honestly appreciate all of you from the curse to my hearse. Now... (laughs) My physical health is taking a dive. I currently have COVID, but I did announce a release date for this episode, and I was not going to put it off. So I think you've all waited long enough, so I'm just going to jump right into this one. This episode is sponsored by the word wild, because I'm about to take you on a ride. I'm honestly not even sure how to begin this episode because I can't even begin to fathom what I'm about to be telling you. So buckle up, grab your sage, your broomsticks, and your grimoires, and get ready for the weird. In classic February style, this episode is dedicated to love, both lost and found. Till death do us part is a phrase most of us have heard, whether it was in a movie, at a family member's wedding, maybe even your own wedding. It's a vow to be together until death's embrace inevitably closes in, forever parting you. But what if it didn't part you? What if there was a reality where the spirits of those who have passed can remain, together with their loved ones until their time comes? It's almost comforting to imagine. The stories you'll be hearing today, well, they aren't that. Today, you'll discover that dating life is so bleak out there that women are actually swearing off their human partners in lieu of a more spectral being. That's right, you heard me. Ghost partners. Some days, I'm not too sure I blame them, but then I haven't drunk the flavorade just yet. And Luke, since you listened to my non murdery episodes, Take this as a warning. The competition just got bigger. I could date a ghost, okay? (laughs) Gives a whole new meaning to just here for the booze. Well, dating a ghost is precisely what Amethyst Realm did. In fact, many ghosts. According to an interview on ITV's This Morning in 2017, The then-27-year-old from Bristol, England, described a time period in her life when she had been engaged. Not to a ghost, but to a human man. Her fiancé would often work away from home for weeks at a time, and upon one of his returns, he discovered that his soon-to-be bride had been unfaithful. The tale's as old as time. Man goes off on a work trip. His partner uses that time to explore her new affair— Man comes home a day early and sees a specter in the window of the spare bedroom. Okay, okay, maybe not quite as old as time, 
That's definitely not the version I'm used to hearing, but I don't know where you guys get your your goss from. So, Amethyst had never actually expected her fiancé to catch a glimpse of her new lover. Not because they'd planned carefully to avoid him or got hotel rooms or anything like that, but rather because she herself had never seen him. She theorized that this ghost, like her fiancé, had fallen in love with her. In a bid to have her all to himself, he appeared to her fiancé. Whether this appearance was to scare him off or to confront him with the affair, no one can be too sure. How does an affair with a ghost even start? It's not like spirits spend the afterlife swiping right on some app called Findaboo. I mean, I guess they could. I've personally never died, so I really wouldn't know. For this particular love interest, however, there was no app. Instead, Amethyst said that the affair started off simply as an energy she noticed in her home. Over time, she became used to the sensation of the energy around her. That's when she said things became more physical. And if you're listening with a child, maybe plug their ears or something, (laughs) or just don't. Uh, Direct quote here. I started to feel pressure on my thighs, on my arms, as well as breath on the back of my neck. It always felt safe. And that's the end of where you should plug your child's ears, at least for now. So (laughs) over time, the relationship with this particular spirit fizzled out and Amethyst moved on. Not once, not twice, but several times. She claims to have had relationships with as many as 20 ghosts in 10 years. Which, get it girl, I'm not judging. She spoke of enticing spirits to visit her by dressing only in lingerie. Note to self, if I ever try to do a seance, screw the candles, the salt, the rituals, and all that other meaningless, useless, trivial shit. I just have to wear lingerie. I mean, why is Hollywood always making things appear more difficult than they are? Although then again, finding good lingerie is also difficult, so maybe Hollywood actually made it seem easier. (laughs) In this 2017 interview, Amethyst declared, I have got no interest in men now. It would be a spirit that she would spend the rest of her life with. Now, she just had to find the right one. Which shouldn't be too difficult, right? I mean, it's super simple, Barely an inconvenience to find your lifelong match when you can actually see the person. So adding invisibility to the mix should just speed up that process. No biggie whatsoever. Not to mention, now you don't have to worry about what they look like, so preference isn't really a concern, right? (laughs) (sighs) Within three years, Amethyst was engaged once more and planning a wedding. Her husband-to-be was a spirit named Ray. She said that they never bothered with names, as it just wasn't very important. However, when he appeared as a ray of light in a photo, it clicked. Please note the photography pun there. I'm pretty proud of it. (laughs) And names just make it easier. Yes, yes it does, Amethyst. That is kind of why names exist, but who am I to say? The pair met when she traveled to Australia on a business trip in February of 2018. According to her, it had been a while since her last phantom fling, 
and she hadn't been searching for another at the time. In regards to finding him, Amethyst said while she was walking through the bush, enjoying nature, she suddenly felt this incredible energy. A new lover had arrived. As they say, love comes when you least expect it, and apparently, it's instantaneous. Despite being unable to see him, Amethyst said his energies and emotions form almost an emotional shape. She also stated that he feels strong, very solid, and there. All great qualities in a partner, I suppose. Surprisingly, Amethyst said she only knew that Ray was a man after getting a reading from a psychic, where she was told some information about his prior life. Apparently, it was so unimportant to Amethyst what he looked like that she didn't even know what his gender was. Nor did she care. Their connection was so intense that he followed her from Australia back to the UK. So, moving in after a first date? (laughs) That's not a relationship faux pas or anything. That's fine. (laughs) Damn, Ray. Ray popped the question on a trip to England's Wookiee Hole Caves, where they were celebrating their nine-month relationship. A direct quote from her says, There was no going down on one knee. He doesn't have knees. (laughs) But for the first time, I heard him speak. She told the son during an interview. His voice was beautiful, deep, sexy, and real. Sidebar here. How much do you have to love hearing yourself talk in order to be in a nine-month-long relationship with an entity that cannot communicate with you? And I'm no longer impressed that the relationship lasted nine months. I know 90% of the arguments in my relationship are because someone said something dumb. Eliminate one side of the conversations and a relationship could go on literally forever. (laughs) But (laughs) enough about my questions. Apparently on the way back from the celebratory trip, the newly engaged couple joined the Mile High Club. Which... Can we briefly, I know I just interrupted, but can we just briefly talk about how unpleasant the Mile High Club sounds? Not only are you doing it in a bathroom, but it's also like the size of my recording closet, but smaller. Like in my mind, an airplane bathroom is like half a step above a porta potty, but equally as small. And then every person on the plane knows what you just did. And I understand exhibitionists are a thing. And hey, let your freak flag fly. I'm not here to kink shame. But is the tiny porta potty adjacent restroom not even the slightest bit of a deterrent? I don't know. If if you're a perv and listening to this, though, don't at me. I'm not interested in you showing me how lovely it can be. Thanks. <laughs> Back to Amethyst yet again. So the two were planning a spring wedding based on a hand binding ceremony. Because of Ray's lack of hands, or physical body in general, she referred to it instead as a soul-binding ceremony. What's more surprising than this whole wedding thing, I mean, people are marrying AI dolls, so that's whatever, um, (laughs) is the two had also discussed, in whatever way they communicated, the possibility of children... Don't worry, though. She knows it sounds crazy. So she knows. But 
She's been looking into it, and she doesn't think it's totally out of the question for a human and a ghost to conceive a child. And this further solidifies, like, the world's conspiracy that we are a Sims game because you can actually add a mod to your Sims game where they can have a child with a ghost. So, fun fact. (laughs) In regards to conceiving a child with a spirit, she's of the belief that phantom pregnancies are ghost babies that are unable to go to full term. Figuring out how to bring the pregnancy to full term would be a bridge she would just cross when they got there. In October of 2020, Amethyst once again made headlines. She and Ray had called it quits. Apparently, dating in the spirit realm is just as cursed as dating the living. Now 32, Amethyst stated that her fiancé changed during a vacation they took to Thailand in May. She began to suspect Ray of engaging in heavy drinking and drug abuse. Apparently, ghosts can fall in with the wrong crowd, too. He began bringing other spirits back to their hotel room and disappearing for extended periods of time. Fed up with his behavior as the constant crashing, banging, and weird noises from the partying ghosts, as well as constantly being ghosted, Amethyst was forced to kick him out of their shared home by cleansing with sage. When in doubt, smudge it out, am I right? When discussing what could have possibly changed Ray's behavior so drastically, Amethyst revealed that, like all of us, ghosts too have to social distance from one another in order to avoid getting sick. She believes that the stress of the pandemic was just too much for him to handle, and he turned to drugs and alcohol. So ghosts can get sick. Just... All right. While Amethyst was sad to lose Ray, she says that now she's happy to be free and single at the moment, but that another ghost could be in her future when she's ready. Amethyst's sister is said to have been sad about the split, and Ray's family, whom Amethyst has apparently been in minimal contact with, were also sad to hear about the wedding being called off. I could find zero information about quote-unquote Ray's family, and believe me, I looked. Christopher French, the professor of psychology at Goldsmiths College, University of London, believes that Amethyst's experiences, as well as many others with ghosts, can easily be explained by sleep paralysis. He states it is far more likely for these experiences to be tied to sleep paralysis rather than mental illness. Possibly lending credence to the commonality of this phenomena is the existence of a woman by the name of Amanda Large Teague. I'll tell you all about her after a short break. You'll hear all about some amazing postcards made by one of my favorite people on the planet who is crazy talented and a podcast put together by some of the most amazing podcasters I've had the pleasure of speaking with who have joined together to do something new and exciting. Hey, Cursed Ones. Since you're listening to my podcast, I can only assume that, like me, you're into the dark and spooky sides of life that most people tend to stay away from. If that's the case, you'll love the new partnership I'm a part of. 
I've partnered with Melodramatic Fine Art to bring you a beautiful set of five spooky-looking postcards. Personally, I'm framing and hanging mine. They're so cool. I'm not sending them to anybody. They're mine. (laughs) Each postcard is five by seven inches, has a matte finish, and features photographs of eerie, spooky shit that I just cannot get enough of. We're talking dark chandeliers, a bathtub full of dirt and leaves, random toilet brush art that you'll have to see to believe. Not to mention, the creator of these is one of my very first supporters. So if you could help me support her, head to thricecursepod.com and click the menu option postcard set or search melodramatic fine art on Etsy. Make sure to use code thrice10 at checkout for 10% off and just in time for the holidays too. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up delicious slices of mythology cryptozoology and urban legends ashley is the mythbuster tiresias is finally just like it was you okay (laughs) (laughs) waterboard him with this magical gem that is not a testicle (laughs) emily is the cryptid hunter and it's this guy that's bending over and farting into the face of this absolutely <laughs> horrified Kappa. The Kappa's like, no! <laughs> In some stories, this long, narrow sheet of cotton is also your roll of toilet paper. But it's evil toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> and Lindsay is the storyteller. So put your trays in the upright position. We're flying back over to Northern Italy for a fun little legend that will have you rethinking water sports. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Am I pretty? I think I'm a snack. <laughs> She'd be like, what's a snack? Do you have candy? Pineapple Pizza Podcast. Stop on by for a slice, a story, and a laugh. Coming January 2021. And I'm back. Honestly, there was so much good stuff in that break. I need a break for the break. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm sorry. COVID has made my mind mush. I'm very dumb right now. (laughs) Anyways, like Amethyst, Amanda Large Teague claims to have had sex with a ghost. Could it be something in their names? If you listen to this and your name starts with an A, can you just email me and let me know if you're hooking up with ghosts on the reg? I honestly need to know. Like, I don't need details, but I'd like to get to the bottom of the name discrimination among ghosts choosing their partners. Do they only choose people who have names starting with an A, or is this merely a coincidence? Seriously, email me. Amy, I know you're listening. Let me know. Amanda Large Teague of Belfast. Belfast. I think it's Belfast. Belfast? No, I think it's Belfast. Sorry. (laughs) Amanda Large Teague of Belfast said she was meditating when she first met the spirit that would eventually become her husband. She thought that the ghost was rude to interrupt and told him to leave. He did so, but eventually showed up again. On the third time he appeared, the woman decided to give him a chance. After all, persistence is so attractive. It's not. By the way, if you ask someone out, whether you're male, female, non-binary, what have you, and the person tells you to disappear, off you fuck. Don't do this to people. There is nothing worse 
than somebody telling you to go away. And then they keep coming back until you eventually, just out of sheer frustration, say, sure, fuck it. I'll go out with you. That's fine. Stop. Stop putting people in this position. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. On we go with the story. Anyways, the two began chatting with one another. I guess this ghost actually talks. They had been speaking for several months when Amanda became unshakably convinced that this ghost was the spirit of Jack Teague, who was apparently a Haitian pirate, and, according to Amanda, the inspiration behind Captain Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean. I would like to take this time to note here that Amanda Teague herself was a professional Jack Sparrow impersonator. And when I say professional, I mean she changed her physical appearance, got replica tattoos, dreadlocks, and fitted gold teeth to appear more like Captain Jack himself. Jack's father in Pirates of the Caribbean was also known as Edward Teague. Whether or not either of these things are relevant, I'll let you decide. So, Jack had allegedly died in the 1700s when he was executed for typical pillaging behavior one might expect from a pirate in the 1700s. After a lengthy two-year relationship, the couple had a proper pirate's wedding at sea off the Irish coast in international waters by a shaman. A medium spoke for Jack in order to give consent to marriage. And now she can't understand him? Or is this more of a need-an-official-witness sort of situation? Uh, I don't know. I'm as confused as you probably are. A candle was used to represent Jack in the ceremony, and his ring was placed upon it. As mentioned earlier, no hands. Look, Mom, no hands! Uh. Teague also said that she and Jack had also had a separate pagan hand-fasting wedding ceremony where two Wiccan practitioners wrapped cord around the couple's joined hands. Which I just don't get since, as mentioned five seconds ago, he doesn't have hands. Did they use a candle? Multiple candles in this situation? Uh, or was the cord wrapped around only her hands with his non-existent hands supposedly present? I couldn't find answers to any of these questions, and they will live in my brain forever, so it is now my gift to bestow them upon to you. You're welcome. Teague said her mother eventually came around to her relationship and attended the wedding on the open seas, but did not attend the hand fasting. Her father, however went to neither. Prior to the wedding, Amanda had made headlines for a video series in which she gives tips on how to best have sex with ghosts. Again, this is the time where you you cover the little ones here, okay? Apparently, ghosts are very versatile in positions, but to start, she recommends missionary, as it's easier to feel their weight and take it from there. I'm trying so hard not to make a ton of unnecessary jokes. Truly, I am. But like, come on. Oh, boy. Despite their lengthy courtship, 
The marriage was doomed from the start. Within two weeks, Amanda said she began experiencing severe health problems. This ranged from recurring abscesses of the rear-end variety. It's just not a good enough reason to say anal. Well, shit. <gasps> oh, God. Oh, boy. Um, All the way to cirrhosis. Amanda's health continued to decline, and four or five months in, she began to suspect that Jack was possessing her, as a common symptom of possession is ill health. According to Amanda, those who also knew Jack swore that he would never hurt her, so she returned home to be with her partner. However, her fears resurfaced when her dog Toby died, and spirit Toby refused to go near Jack, becoming increasingly aggressive towards him. Despite this, though, they stayed together, but her health problems just kept growing more severe. In an attempt to ease some of the symptoms, she stopped having sex with her husband. According to her, this helped. In fact, she said that was literally the best three weeks she'd had since they got married. Which, that's truly a telling sign. Upon their next sexual contact, the abscess returned. An indeterminate amount of time later, I tried to find dates, but no article I could find includes them, Amanda was rushed to the hospital for emergency surgery. She had developed sepsis. Her ring had to be removed for the surgery, and she attributes the severing of her connection to Jack with the removal of that ring. She said she felt different after the operation and felt reconnected with her spiritual team. I'm assuming here that this means other spirits that watch over her and guide her, but I'm not too certain. Upon confronting Jack with her realization, Amanda said the spirit threatened to kill her should she attempt to sever their spiritual union. She stated that he then refused to leave. She had an exorcism despite his threats and said her health had drastically improved since then, even saying that a perforated bowel managed to heal itself, which is unheard of. She also says she hasn't had any problems since then. Amanda now cautions everyone against dabbling around in spiritual work and refrains from doing so herself due to the potential dangers, which, like... Please, seriously, don't fuck around with shit you do not understand. Now, I'm going to add a trigger warning right here because this has been a lighter episode, uh, but there will be some discussion of child death going forward, so be aware of that. If you want to tune out now, I get it. Otherwise, here we go. Since sharing her story, Amanda has actually been targeted by some of the biggest garbage humans on the planet. Many have threatened her, and she's even had to leave her home and change her appearance to get away from the abuse. Probably worse than being threatened is the traumatic ammo being hurled at her. In 2010, Amanda lost her three-month-old son to Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, or SIDS. Many of the people targeting her have made horrifying comments about how he was better off, 
Which, frankly, if you're the kind of person who says shit like that to anyone who's lost someone, please fuck off and stop listening to my podcast because you're fucking gross. Thanks. Amanda has stated that she doesn't mind and honestly expected people to have a laugh at her experience, which is why I felt okay putting her in the episode to begin with. But the hatred, threats, and abuse have had a severe impact on her. So definitely please don't target her because of my episode or Amethyst for that matter. That's just not cool. (sighs) But Amanda has started a Facebook page called Stand Together Against Online Trolling, Abuse, and Bullying with the hashtag Zero Tolerance for Online Abuse. The group is open for all those who wish to support others or who require support themselves. She said, we want to offer support to people as well because they are not alone. Now, in regards to her situation, it's believed by anthropology professor at Stanford University, T.M. Lerman, that rather than sleep paralysis, Teek's trauma of losing her son may have actually caused her to enter a dissociative trance-like state that can facilitate dreamlike experiences. He then went on to say that these instances can remain alive and people can develop ways to perceive that an invisible being is actually talking back to them, which just goes to show you your mind is such a powerful thing, such a powerful thing. Making her marriage even more unlikely is this account by an expert told to The Post A history professor at the University of Central Florida who studies pirates, David Head, said he could find no references in history to a real pirate named Jack Teague. Not to mention that in the 1700s, Haiti was a French colony called Saint-Domingue. Saint-Domingue? Saint-Domingue? Again, sorry. And Teague is also a generically Irish name. So, unlikely that somebody with such an Irish name would exist in the French colony that is now Haiti. Um, If you would like to learn more about Amanda's experiences, she wrote a book in 2017 called A Life You Will Remember. Amethyst Realm also stated she would be writing a book about her encounters, though I could find no proof to suggest she's done so yet. So, keep your eyes peeled. I'm sure it's bound to be a thrill. This has been a cursed tale about dating today and why you may or may not want to get ghosted. Now, that means three things. You're welcome. (laughs) I'm sorry, I was so pleased with myself. (laughs) For more cursed content, merch, and direct links to my sources, you can go to thricecursepod.com, where all of this episode will also be in blog form with all of those links. Just click blog. You can also find me on all socials at Thrice Curse Pod. And I'd love to start doing some listener episodes. So if you have a tale about crime, cryptids, ghosts, aliens, your dad was a serial killer, your sister was abducted by aliens, I don't I don't know, something you think that the world needs to hear, please send it over to me at thricecursepod at gmail.com. Honestly, I am sick as all hell. I would love to be able to do one of those episodes this month so that I can do a little less work on my end. So please, if you have one, send it on over. 
If an email doesn't feel like enough, you can also send mail directly to me at 520 North Ventu Park Road, number 273, Newberry Park, California, 91320. Until next time, keep your curses hexy and your hexes sexy.